I'm feeling so happy. Okay, okay, good, okay. We're excited, we're excited. We're the friends. Oh, we're the friend to... family, that's our, our last name is friend. That's we are, friend we are. we're friends too, but we're also the friend family. Yeah. Kevin was definitely more organized, so I feel like I came in and just like wrecked that ship. Right, babe? But there was so many, yeah. go- there's so much good that came with that bad, right? right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We got two kids out of it, that's the answer for everything. When you tell a story, and I mean every story, you need three things. A main character or the protagonist, a goal, and an antagonist or villain who tries to stop the main character from achieving his goal. If you don't have these elements, your story will be boring and people won't listen or watch. Recently, I've been focusing on that last part, though, the antagonist or the villain. But more specifically, stories that do a good job of incorporating multiple villains into the plot like the first Harry Potter book or even Ozark, because real life isn't linear and simple, it's complex. Usually when bad things happen, they all happen at the same time. Usually when you have a goal, multiple things or people try to prevent you from achieving that goal. So when we talk about the issue of marriage, it seems to me that people want to simplify their problem to just one thing, which I believe Karen Strong says it best. It's not that every woman will ruin your life, it's that every woman can. Certainly a good perception But that idea by itself is not good enough, because if that was the only problem, then we would all still be getting married. All you would have to do is just find a woman who will never do that, and the problem would be solved, even with the bad laws. But that's not how it is. There's at least one more problem. Women have all the power in the relationship, and at the same time, they have zero idea of what men value. The feminist propaganda was highly effective. They took what men value, told women to do the exact opposite, and it worked. The reason it worked is because every relationship is based on value, whether they are sexual or not. If one or both sides are not providing value, then the relationship becomes toxic or gets destroyed. And yes, feminists did pull the same trick on men, but to a much lesser degree, because men can't survive without having earned value like women can. So what often happens in the case where men retain value but women don't, is you get a relationship like this. A husband provides value by working his ass off while the lazy wife stays at home. A perfect example of this comes from the friend family on the first episode of Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. If you've never seen this show before, it's basically like a Japanese Netflix version of Hoarders. People have dirty houses, and Marie helps them tidy up. So both of you work? Well, he mostly works. I teach intercultural communication a few days a week, but I'm mostly home. I'm 50, 60 hours a week, yeah, and then sometimes on the weekends, um, I'm a sales manager for a restaurant supply company, so. This situation with Rachel and Kevin is something I often see with women who say, but I work too. The husband works all day, seven days a week with a real job, and she works a fun job for a few hours a week. Notice how he specifically gave how many hours he works, and she didn't. There's a reason for that. She wants to make her job look more demanding than it is. So let's figure out just how much she works through the power of math. She said she teaches a humanities class a few days a week. We can assume that's maybe two to four days a week. A humanities course usually runs for about an hour and a half, meaning that Rachel is working anywhere from three to six hours per week, versus Kevin, who works 50 to 60 hours, on the weekdays, and then sometimes throws in extra hours on the weekend as a sales manager. So Kevin is putting in 70 to 80 hours a week, and then he comes home and helps with the housework while she works at most six hours a week 
and feels overwhelmed. Rachel always has one thing on her mind, and that's enjoying her life. Yeah, I think we can all see that. This is what I mean when I say women don't understand value. For one, if she's working six hours a week teaching humanities, then she probably is not making a significant contribution to the finances and therefore doesn't need to work for the money. If she's saying that her job is so stressful that she can't keep it together at home, where she's more valuable, then she should quit her job. That's really what this entire episode is about. They aren't fixing Kevin's problems, they're fixing Rachel's. If you watch the show, you'll see that all the problems in the house, including their arguments, stem from the job that she is supposed to be handling. She can't get it done, even though he helps her after being at work for 12 hours. Imagine how mad you would be if you had worked your ass off all day, and then had to come home and do your wife's job, too. He's definitely cleaner than I am, okay? I'm okay. I'm not a super dirty person, but when it comes to, okay, throwing my clothes over here, letting them pile up and leaving the laundry for a while, that's me. Kevin was definitely more organized, so I feel like I came in and just, like, wrecked that ship. Right, babe? But there are so many, yeah. go- there's so much good that came with that bad, right? right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We got two kids out of it. That's the answer for everything. Just look at that. She is so unaware of how much of a problem her behavior is that she doesn't realize he insulted her by saying that she has literally no value outside of her biology. In fact, Rachel even stated that she has negative value because she claimed that she took Kevin's clean environment and made it dirty. I mean, it's not like this stuff takes forever. They live in a small one-story, three-bedroom house in Lakewood, California. She could get most of the important cleaning done in about two or three hours a day. That leaves her plenty of time to have fun with the kids and cook the meals. Staying at home is not an excuse to be lazy. If you want to retain value and have a good relationship, then if he is putting in 12 hours a day at work, then you put in 12 hours a day at home. You should be putting in so much work that by the time he gets home, all he has to do is spend time with the family and go to sleep. When the nuclear family was at its peak, that's what women did, instead of using staying at home as an excuse to sit in front of the TV all day. But it gets worse than that, because not only is Rachel not holding up her end of the deal, but she also wastes her husband's money on hiring someone else to do her job. So how do you separate them? In categories? or? Um, I think, so I don't do it. We have someone help us do it, like a, a laundry person. Because I hate doing laundry. We fight about laundry, and it seems silly when I say it, but really... It pisses me off, like, a lot. It's not because she doesn't do the laundry. It's because we hire somebody to come do it. It's not like I'm saying, hey, you do the laundry, you watch the kids, you do the dish. I'm saying, no, no, we got to do this, but let's do this as a family. Hold on. Calm down. Well, okay, hold on a second. With him working more, I'm home with the kids more. And it's freaking chaos. My kids are just like running around and being crazy and we'd never get anything done. So I think to myself, what's an easy resolution? If we don't have enough time, then maybe we could pay somebody to do these things and that way we have more time. Man, look at those eyes she makes at the end. You can also see her trying to avoid eye contact with the camera because she knows what she's saying is complete bullshit. Her body movements show that too. So basically, the monetary value she brings in by teaching classes is being destroyed because she hires someone to do laundry for her. And what's worse is she hires someone to do something that mostly involves you waiting for a machine to do it for you, which means she's paying her maid for idle time. This is what's driving her husband insane. And I know people like to make it look like it's not a big deal. 
oh, it, it's just cleaning, get over it. But it's a huge deal. Men don't want to come home to a dirty house and have to make their own food after working all day while you were at home not answering to a boss and doing whatever you wanted. This is a massive deal. If you don't think so, then look at Rachel's husband's reaction to the change. Rachel and I are, oh, it's like, it gives me the uh, chills a little bit. It's like we're like happier. We're more at ease. There's less, like there's less tension. When we're doing things in the kitchen or when we're doing the laundry, we're, we're talking, we're having a conversation about our day and et cetera. It's, it's, it's not something that takes away from our life anymore. It's something that adds to our life now. Even with Kevin and I, like things have changed with us. Like he has been more like romantic and cute lately. He says, oh, the whole cleaning thing is like sexy. So it's just, you know, <laughs> take a look at that. He even says that she is more attractive now that she adds actual value to the household. The intervention wasn't for the friend family. It was for Rachel. I'm just going to say it. I hate laundry. OK, that actually gives me anxiety. But I know that if Kevin and I continue our habits, my kids are going to be the exact same. It's statements like this that reveal what the problem is. Not only do women have the choice to be a complete detriment to their relationship and still get what they want, but even if they wanted to be a good wife, they don't know how. They're supposed to learn these skills in childhood. By the time she is an adult, she should already know how to do laundry quickly so it doesn't give her anxiety. She should know how to cook amazing food. She should know how to manage kids from experiences like babysitting. If you don't know that stuff by the time you are married, then you are at a significant disadvantage. A disadvantage that is probably only going to be made up with lost sleep. And how many modern women are willing to do that? How many modern women are willing to sacrifice and put themselves through extreme stress to learn skills they should have learned in childhood? How many single mothers who are already victims to their bad decisions are going to put in the work so that men will stay around? The single mothers aren't going to do that. They're too content with welfare and the other free stuff they get. The rest of the women aren't going to do that either. Everyone already does everything for them and appeases them when they make bad decisions. Why bother with all the stress when it's perfectly acceptable and encouraged to live vastly below your potential? Now I'm bringing this up because that's what quite a lot of us were given from the previous generation. That's what the millennials and Gen Z inherited, an adult pool full of parents and teachers and single mothers who didn't teach us anything about how to be valuable to ourselves or other people. They didn't pass down any of the important knowledge they were given from their parents, and that's caused our generations to have quite a few problems that we shouldn't have. So, if you want to defeat that neglect and the propaganda you were taught as a kid while at the same time harming the people who harmed you when you were young, then become valuable. Your best revenge is always success. There is nothing horrible people hate more than to see their ideas failing while their enemies' ideas succeed. Now, I've already made a lot of videos on building value, so I'm not going to bore people by repeating old material, but I will say this. If you want to be valuable, then you can never be finished improving. And I know that sounds obvious, but a lot of people don't act that way. You can see it here right on YouTube. There are many channels out there complaining that the algorithm killed their channel, when in reality, the reason their channels are dying is because they haven't improved at all since they started. There are many YouTubers out there that you can look at and say, Wow, you produced the exact same content in the exact same way that you did five years ago. Well, I guess there's no point in watching you anymore because you haven't really grown and I can already predict everything you're going to say. Many YouTubers as well as people in other professions get complacent and stagnant. As the old saying goes, if you aren't getting better, then you're getting worse.
The way you get better is by putting lots of effort into learning new things about a valuable skill. You get worse by being okay with the way you are or by wasting time building skills that are worthless. It's really that simple. All you have to do is consistently put time into learning new things and then put those new things you learned into practice after you learn them. But with that said, I think that's enough for this video. So if you liked it, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, comment and share. If you would like to support this channel, then you can do so by donating through PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. All of those links are in the description, and they're on my channel page. Last, if you haven't checked out my Bitchu channel yet, then you can also find that in the description or on my channel page. Otherwise, see you in the next video. Thanks for watching. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.